The title of the, my sermon was, that I wrote down was, How Much Faith Do I Need? And you know, this is a topic that's so interesting and so important. We all need faith. Without faith, the Bible says, impossible to please God. You cannot please God if you don't have faith. We all want it. We all need it. How much faith do we really need? This is the question, right? How much faith do you think you need? You know, when I start meditating on faith, you know, I always go back to the, the days of the Romans when Christians were thrown into those arenas and they were tortured. They were slaughtered by animals, ferocious animals. And they were there. The whole families were there. Little kids were there too. And because, why were they there? Because of their faith. Because of their faith, yes. It isn't an easy lesson to learn, believe me. To have faith, strong faith, is not easy to obtain. Yet, how do we acquire it? We use faith all the time. Do I, do you agree with me? All the time we use faith. For example, when, before you're flying in the airplane, I'm a nervous, I used to be a nervous wreck. Two weeks before I flew, I was flying, I was already dying. I was already fearful. I thought, my goodness, you know, two weeks that I'll be living, then everything's going to happen. So fearful flying. My wife used to tell me that uh, I looked like uh, a ghost. I was white, pale. I used to grab onto the seats whenever there was, uh, you know, those turbulence. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank God I'm a different person. Now I sleep on the plane. I watch movies on the plane. I laugh on the plane. What a wonderful transformation. I I. Give it all to God. And uh, driving. I have a friend. We usually go together. I tell you, I'm a nervous wreck with that guy. Because he gets so distracted, right? And sometimes he's crossing the lanes. Oh, my God. We ask the tournament. Hey, Severino, watch yourself, you know. You know, my wife tells me that I can sleep anytime I can sleep. I can sleep standing up, sitting down. If the bed is hard or not, I, I'll sleep. But I tell you something, she's not here today. She had to be with my grandson. Um, so she, she's in Toronto. And it's a good thing she's not here. Because most of the time I'm driving, right? Most of the time I'm driving. But when she's driving, that's one time I can't sleep. <laughs> she's not here to, to give me. No, but it's, you know, the reason I think is because, because I'm always driving, so I never give her a chance, right? But she's a good driver, believe me. She's a really good driver, and she's very capable of, do, you know, driving. One other way we we need we need faith is with doctors, right? How many of us have gone through uh, surgery, and you're put asleep? Well, Caitlin, of course. A lot of brothers. Brother. How much confidence do we have to have on these doctors, right? We're being putting, being put under the knife. Anesthesia. We don't know what's going to happen. 
we have to trust them. We have to confide in them, right? And so faith, basically, the definition of, of, of faith, you know, we think that Hebrews 11.1 1 is, is, is definition. It's not a definition. It's actually very hard to find a definition in the Bible. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 is a description of what is to have faith. So, but defining faith, basically, we can use two words. Trust or confidence. Confidence other than yourself, right? Other than yourself. But how do we, how can we trust in, 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 in biblical terms? How can we trust God if we don't know nothing about God? We have to learn. We have to study. We have to study God's word. Remember, God's word is the rock-solid foundation of our faith. This is where we find the truth. This is how we believe that God is who he is. So we need to go to the Bible. We need to study the Bible really hard. We need to understand it really hard. And um, so we can actually, you know, there's scripture for this. Let's look at Romans 10, 17. Eugene is going to project it on the wall. Romans 10, 17. What does it say? Oh. Yes, so there it is, right? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Uh I love to hear sermons, you know, but if you read the Bible, that's a form of, of uh, hearing. You hear the God's voice through the Holy Spirit, right? So we know to have faith, we need to know God. We need to read his word. That's number one. That's how we believe, right? Unfortunately today, as we know, Many people, many ex-Adventists, many non-Adventists, many atheists are trying to discredit the Bible. Do you believe that? More and more you hear this. Just go to YouTube, go, go to the internet. Everybody's attacking the church. Everybody's attacking. Trying to discredit the Bible. Because they, you know, this is, of course, it's the devil's work. He knows. Once you discredit the Bible, there goes our faith. There goes the credibility of the church. So, he's always attacking the Bible. Let's go into 2 Timothy. The 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, 16 to 17. to look back here because well, I can use my glasses now, right? Okay, Second Timothy, Timothy, chapter 3, 16, 17, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There you have it, right? The Bible is all you need. Is all you need. 
We know that the Bible was inspired by God. It was written by men, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know that, right? Hebrews 11. And this is the chapter. Uh, theologians, most people knowledgeable, they say that Hebrews 11 is the chapter of the heroes of faith, right? You, read the, you have to read the whole chapter. And you recognize that uh, if you, know you want to know what faith is all about, you have to read chapter 11. And uh, let me turn my, my page here. So I ask you, what does it mean to have lots of faith? We always think that having lots of faith means that it's positive thinking. Regarding positive thinking, did you know that there's a lot of millionaires out there that wrote books on positive thinking? Even ex-ministers. This is the devil's doctrine. They say that we have the power to make things happen. If you want to wish for a Ferrari, all you have to do is think hard enough and you're going to get it. Somehow you're going to get it. You know? There's uh, churches out there. They're like stadiums. It's thousands of people. And you see them praying. Whenever there's, you know, everybody's like lifting their hands, jumping, crying, yelling. You know what it reminds me of this? It reminds me in the Bible. People praying like that. Elijah. Remember Elijah when he confronted the, the priests of Baal? Right? What were they doing? Yelling, cutting themselves up. You know, praying. God never answered, right? God never answered. Some people think that if you pray hard enough, if you, if you think hard enough, Things are going to happen. God is going to answer. Eventually, God is going to do it because that's the way it is. You're almost forcing God to do something that he doesn't want to do. That's what I see, right? When I see the miracles in the Bible of Jesus... you know, read some of the, most of the miracles of Jesus. Why did, why did he go to certain places and never, he wasn't able to do a miracle? What do you think that was it? Unbelief. Exactly. People didn't believe. Not enough faith. Faith is believing, right? Believing in God. God has the power. God can do anything. So he went to different places. He wasn't able to do one miracle. All the miracles, I would say most of the miracles, if not, God had to start something so that people would have faith. I remember one case of Jesus picked up some dirt, spit on the dirt, put on the eyes. I really believe, you know, he could have just said, see, you know, see. But he had to do this. I think it was a means of for that person to start having some faith because what did he originally what did he see men were like giants right like trees so that gave him a little hope oh i I really believe god can do jesus can do this and then when he went back again he saw perfectly every time jesus did a miracle was due to faith on the the person person believed 
there are some uh, examples. Um, let me see here. We're probably going to go to Mark. I'm going to go to Mark before I, I use some other examples. Mark uh, uh, chapter 11, 20 to 24. Mark chapter 11, 20 to 24. This is a miracle of Jesus, right? Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remember this is the story when Jesus was hungry. And he passed by, didn't see, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it, leaves, right? And no, no, no figs. So Jesus put a curse on that tree. I really think Jesus put a curse on that tree to teach those apostles a lesson. I don't think God kills for any reason. He did it for a good reason, to teach them the apostles a lesson. Anyway, Peter, remembering what Jesus said to him, Rabbi, uh, remember what Jesus did, said to him, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And 23-24. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. That's the key. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How many believe in this? I believe. I believe. I believe God is able to do miracles. I believe God can heal. Cancer can heal. I believe God can resurrect. Even today. Why not? We have the same God. We have the same God. Nevertheless, there's a condition. You know? There's a condition in this prayer. It's not there, but I'm going to show it to you later on another verse. And by the, you know, going through the, the sermon, you'll be able to understand that there is a condition for believing in this prayer, that anything is possible with God. Now, one thing is true. Did you know that having just faith or believing is not enough? How many of us believe in God? We all believe, right? Everybody believes. But did you know that if you only believe, you won't be saved? If you only believe, you cannot be saved. Did you know that? I'm going to explain it better. Who else believes? The devils believe. And they tremble, yes. They saw Jesus on earth. They knew he was the son of God, God himself. Jesus was 
God in the flesh. They saw him resurrect. Right? They saw him resurrect. He knows that he's in heaven. Yet, and they believe. They believe just like us. We believe. Uh, there's a passage that says, you know, if we believe just like the devils, we'll have the same future as the devils. Right? So believing is good, but it's not enough. It's not enough just to believe. There's a verse in the Bible that says, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. So it's like I'm contradicting myself here. And I'm not. You need to believe, but you need to be baptized. What is baptism? It's an action, right? We need to take an action. Baptism is death to self in the new life in Jesus. That's, that needs decision making. We need, you know, that's action. What about you are saved by grace through faith? We know that grace is a gift from God. Right? It's a gift. But we still need the faith. And I'm going to share what faith, what faith is more than just believing. Or justified by faith. Right? We are justified by faith. What does it mean to be justified by faith? And not by works, right? The Bible says you are justified by faith but, and, and not by works. That's in James, right? We're going to read James now. James 2.14. James 2.14. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Right? So, first it says that we are not saved by works. But here it's like it says, we need works. What works are these? It's like, there's some contradiction. We have to read more, right? We need to read more. So let's read uh, also uh, James 2.26. James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So according to the Bible... Believing is not enough. We have to have faith. Faith is, is believing in action. Active. Faith is always active. And when you, when you read chapters, uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, you see, let's for example use uh, Noah. Noah, God spoke to him, right? God spoke to him. He heard the voice. And now, after hearing the God's voice and God's warning, he could have said, he could have united his family, you know, and, and tell them, look, God spoke to me, and it, he tells me to build an ark, a big boat, to carry all, most of the animals, 
in our families. But, you know, we're, we're going to just put this to, into a drawing board. You know, we're going to plan things out and see what we need, see what we need to do. And if Noah just stayed into that idea of planning, if he never really put his hands to work, would, that, would you call that faith in action? No. It's just in the, in the drawing board. What did Noah do? I really believe Noah, the next day, he started cutting trees down in his family. So that's faith in action. He believed, and the form he believed, he started doing work. He started, you know, doing the boat, starting his boat. Or clearing the land for the boat, right? The big boat. For example, what about Abraham? Abraham also heard the voice of God. And God told him to leave his land, his homeland. And he would show him the place where he was going to be. What did Abraham do? He left. He started on his way. He didn't know where he was going to go. But he started. So that's faith in action. He acted on his faith, right? So true faith is believing, yes, but uh, faith in action. Active faith. Active faith. That's why I was saying with the, with the Jesus' miracles. For example, Jesus, uh, ten lepers came to him, right? Ten lepers came to him. And they asked, Lord, have pity on us. What did Jesus say? Go, show yourselves to the priests, right? What did they do? That's what they did. On the way, what happened? They were all healed, Right? Only one came back to give Christ glory. And uh, what about the, that lady with the, with the yes, the, the, the blood issue, right? What happened? You know, you have to have faith. Like most people would think, well, I have to. Let Jesus know that what, what I have. So he can cure me. Or I have to touch his flesh. Right? I would think you have to t- at least touch his flesh. Because there's power in Jesus. Right? What did she say to herself? If I just touch the garments. Imagine that. If I only touch the garments. I'll receive a miracle. What happened? She was healed. To the point that Jesus felt power coming from him. Interestingly enough, Paul, with Paul, this happened the same thing. They used to take clothing from Paul, right? And lay it on people that were sick. They were healed. There has to be faith. You have to trust. You have to believe. So it's faith is believing and it's active. Always active. You know, true faith, sometimes it's going against the flow. It's going against what most people believe or most people teach. True faith is going against the flow regardless 
of circumstances or consequences. Sometimes, you know, there are circumstances in our life, difficulties in our life. And most people say, well, you know, what are you doing at church? You know, leave the church. You know, you're suffering, you know. Maybe because, you know, you know just enjoy life. But no, you stick to God's promises. God is faithful, just like we sing. God is faithful. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to abandon us. And sometimes the consequences are deadly. You know, not all people will be cured of cancer. Some of us, most people will die. Right? But there's no reason for it to give up on God. God is still God. At the end of the day, if you really believe Him, you're going to live for all eternity. That's God's promise. You know, one reason to have faith in God is His promises. I never, I haven't heard of one promise that God made that wasn't fulfilled. There's some promises that hasn't been fulfilled yet, but don't you think He's going to, you can trust Him that it's going to be, it's going to come true? Amen. No, this is a short sermon. I, I, I don't want to make it a long. I don't want to be, I don't want you to, at the end of the service, you say, oh boy, that was a long sermon. It was boring. I prefer to, my wife says, you know, short and sweet. That's what she told me. Make sure it's short and sweet. I'm trying to make it sweet <laughs> and short. <laughs> There's a, one other way, you know, uh, that we can, that we need. And God sometimes Give us, gives us this. Nobody likes this. Who wants trials? Who likes to suffer? You know, who wants to go through trials? Nobody likes the trials. But, uh, you know, I have a treadmill at, at home now. Our the old one broke down, so we bought an, another one. Kijiji was a good, I think it was a good buy. Anyway, uh, so we use it a lot, right? In the beginning, I tell you something. You do it for 10, 15 minutes, at a certain pace, jogging. Unfortunately, I can't jog anymore. My, my knee is starting to go. I don't know why. Could it be the old age? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 62, right? But anyway, um, once the first time you use a treadmill, or, and you, you know, you have this experience. It's not easy. Your heart starts pumping really hard. It almost comes out of your mouth, right? And, and you're tired. You're exhausted. But you continue each day to do a certain amount of, of, of miles. Suddenly you, you, you can do it. You, you know, your heart is, slows down. Your muscle tone is better. You can, you know. You know, I'm actually, I don't know if you can tell. But I, I've lost a lot of weight, right? Since I went, you, could, you go on vacation, believe me. When you go on vacation, you're in trouble, right? If, especially with me, you know, you go in Portugal, all the pastries and all... And the bread, oh my goodness, you lose, you lose control. So I said, no, the, the last, uh, last month I was there, I said, enough is enough. I have to control myself, I have to start walking. So I start doing this. And it's been like three months. So I actually, you know, thank God, I, I praise God for this. I'm actually losing weight. I lost, I probably lost, uh, I would say, close to, I don't know, seven kilos or something, which is a lot, you know. I don't know if you, can you tell? <laughs> anyway, I... I, at least my my pants now are not as tight. I don't have to tighten my belt. But anyway, exercising. Your faith 
you know, sometimes trials does this to you. Trials actually make you a stronger person. Your faith actually gets stronger. You can actually feel, because God is there. God is going to be there to help you out. Active faith is nothing more than the fruits of the Spirit. Because through faith, true active faith, it gives understanding. True faith sacrifices. True faith builds, just like Noah. True faith obeys, like Abraham. True faith worships, like Isaac. True faith unites. And this is the best part. This is the most important part of active faith. True faith unites us to Jesus Christ. It bonds us to Christ. This is what true faith does. It bonds us to Jesus Christ. It bonds us to, through trust. We can trust Jesus. Right? We can trust him. He promised that he's going to be with us. He's going to come back again. We can trust him. And we can trust his love, right? We can trust his love. Just look what he did for us. He came to this world to die. Death of cross. So we can trust Jesus. We can love Jesus. We need to love him back. He first loved us while we were still sinners. How can we not love Jesus? You have to fall in love with Jesus. And uh, true faith, active faith, responds to his calling. He calls us to be his disciples. To be his, to be his followers. To be his followers. When, when you are in Jesus, is Jesus is in you. This is the secret of answered prayer. When you have this, imagine this. Imagine the, the 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 potential that we have as sons and daughters of Christ. We have such a potential because it's in us. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Remember when Jesus said that uh, all you needed was. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Very small. I, I, I have it in my Portuguese Bible. Very, it's like a little uh, sand uh, speck. Very small. All you need is, you don't need very much faith. All you need is even a small faith. And Jesus says that if you have this, the faith of a mustard seed, without doubting, you can... You can transport a mountain from one place to another. You know, in other words, what Jesus is saying is that nothing is impossible with God. You can trust Him. Believe. Even when everything is against you. Even if the circumstances are against you. Even if you have to die. We're going to have, we still have hope. We have hope in a, in a future life. In your future life.
So the fruits of the, the, the fruits of active faith, as, as I mentioned. The works that James is talking about here is not you trying to sell yourself. It's not, that's not what he, James is talking about. The works is the works of the Holy Spirit that produces fruits in us. And the fruits are active, active faith. We just, you know, we become disciples of Christ. And we have now the power and the means, you know, to do whatever we plan on doing. You know, the church, I admire whoever started this idea of opening other churches. Praise God to them. You know, let's not be, you know, sad that the church isn't as full as it used to be. You know, just just have faith active faith that this church is going to fail again, right? We need to believe in that. We just have to be we just have to be ready when God, when Jesus calls us to do the work. You know, why not? You know, one day Jesus is going to ask us, you know, what, do you, what have you done with the, the, the years that I gave you on earth? What have you done? You know, prove yourself you know, of all those years. And uh, I think about this all the time, you know. You know, I think about this all the time. Jesus says, if, if you, uh, what's the word? If, if you are, are um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, when you're shy, you know, when you're shy. Yeah, when you're shy to share Jesus, right? You're, okay. Sorry? Confidence. Well, you don't have confidence. You know, you, you, don't, you don't want to expose yourself. You know, there's another word, but I, I'm sorry, it doesn't didn't come up. But basically, Jesus is saying that if, if you, if you really, if, if you're ashamed, that's the word. If we're ashamed to talk about Jesus to people, if we're ashamed to, to tell them that we're Christians, we believe by faith, we believe that Jesus came, believe that Jesus will come back again. If, Jesus, if we're ashamed of this, then Jesus is going to be ashamed of us when we confront him, right? So, when you're bonded to Jesus, your mind, your heart, emotions, your will is not your own anymore, right? That's being born again. When you die to self and live for Jesus, basically, you're not living your life anymore. It's Jesus living in you. This, how, this is how Christianity should be. This is how you and me should be. We should be living for Jesus because Jesus lives in us. I, I can't say this strong enough, right? If we, as a church, start producing the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of active faith, imagine the, the possibilities that we as a church can, can be like. Um, just to conclude. This is what I've learned. You know, I, I did a sermon on this quite a few years ago. I had to rewrite everything. I learned so much more this time around. You know, I really learned so much around. And uh, all I know, brothers and sisters, that is that uh, 
Believing in God is not enough. Believing in the doctrines of the church is not enough. You know, keeping the laws or trying to keep them is not enough. We have to be bonded to Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said about the, the vine. Right? He gave us an example. Many examples. The vine. We're, we're, we're branches of the vine. If, the, if those branches don't produce fruit, what happens to the branches? They're cut down and thrown in a fire. We need to produce fruits. And he says, if you're not attached to me, there's nothing you can do. So we can try, we can plan. A lot of, there could be a lot of planning in this church. But if we're not bonded to Christ, like, like the branches are, are attached to the vine, this church is not going to go anywhere. So this is my prayer. This is my dream for this church, for myself. I'm in the same boat. I'm learning. You know, I'm learning a lot. And, but I need to put my faith into action. I need to be active more. God bless you. Thank you for listening.